0: When the great
1: Ishiro left Japan and came over to play for Seattle. Maeda was 14 years old. Suzuki was the cream of the crop. The greatest player since Sadaharu Oh. Maeda didn't remember him. But he grew up idolizing. Idolizing Ishiro. And now they go head to head. Here's the strike two pitch on the way Maeda deliver swung on and missed and down goes Ishiro. So the base is loaded. Middle infield at double play depth. Wainwright is 0 for 2 with a pair of ground outs 0 for 8 to start the year. 1-0 pitch is a fair ball inside the third baseline. Two runs will score. Here comes Diaz. They'll wave him in. Ball gets the away in the corner. Adam right with a triple that drives in three. Two down in the ninth. A Eugenio Suarez. Here comes a 2-2. In the air, this should do it. Jason Hayward makes a it catch. It's a no-hitter. Jake Arietta has done it again. Wow. That was fun. His second no-hitter. In his last 11 regular season starts, I'd say the sky's the limit. Maybe the universe is the limit for this guy.
0: Welcome to the April 30th edition of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. And yes, a full month of Major League Baseball is now in the books as we've seen some ups and downs with the Blue Jays and we've seen some all-time lows with some teams And some teams are coming out of the gate really hard. We'll get to all of that later in the show, but we have an awesome show prepared for you as we're going to start off uh, in our next segment. Leighton Galbraith from the Ottawa Champions, he's a starting pitcher, is going to join us all the way out from uh, in the U.S. He's going to join us here on Around the Diamond and talk about uh, his preparation for the season and uh, what he's planning on doing with the Ottawa Champions and and how his offseason went. Then after that, we're going to touch on with Brian Van Kirk, former Toronto Blue Jays top prospect outfielder with the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, actually won the championship of one with them in 2012 and has had a great track record with the Fisher Cats playing with Jose Bautista, Kevin Pillar, Ryan Goins, Ricky Romero. The track record goes on in terms of players that he has played with. So it's going to be nice to touch base with him and talk about uh his favorite stories uh being with the Toronto Blue Jays system and what he brings to the table with uh, the Ottawa champions, of course, adding a power bat in left field or right field even because he can play uh, both corners. Then we're going to touch base with Arden Zwelling. He's going to be making his second appearance on Around the Diamond. He's going to come on and talk about the a uh, tough loss of Chris Colabello to the Blue Jays and the whole PED thing with him. His take on that, that's coming up in our fourth segment uh, and he's going to come on to talk about uh, also the biggest struggles with the Blue Jays, whether it's their bullpen, their big inning, and, and you know at at this point before we get into that, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm giving the Blue Jays a uh, a C C plus grade right now. Their bullpen hasn't been good. Their hitting has been okay, and their starting pitching has been their their biggest uh, their biggest uh, strength this season, which is not we don't we really usually don't see that from the Blue Jays, of course, in the past. In the past five years, it's all been hitting, no pitching, the big inning. And, and so far, it's just been a disaster for the Blue Jays, uh, who are sitting at 10 and 13 at this point. But the most important thing is, is that the Ottawa champions are actually uh, 20 days away from the regular season. So I'm super excited about it. You can obviously get your tickets online or at the... Uh, Ottawa Champions box office that is at the RCGT Park, which is uh, just on your way to Orleans. So it's just off the uh, 417 highway. So you can go there and pick up your tickets. And And to be honest, tickets are only $15. So it actually wouldn't be a bad idea to go see a nice ball game and, and maybe uh, take your kids there and, and meet some of the players because they are super friendly. And of course, on this show, you will get to know uh, more and more of your players. You can check out our past episodes where I do uh, interview All the champions players and and other baseball players, writers, and authors, the whole thing, reporters on Around the Diamond. That's on my SoundCloud, Diamond Dante Audio. You can check that out on SoundCloud.com or my Twitter at Diamond uh, underscore Dante. So it's, uh, it's, it's kind of the same thing, Diamond Dante Audio and Diamond underscore Dante But it's going to be an awesome show, but I just want to talk about, uh, just to tee up the two interviews that we have going on here, I got Leighton Galbraith coming on in our next segment, that's just in about a couple minutes here, and he is only 23 years old, starting pitcher, bounced around in the bullpen, back to being a starting pitcher with Louisiana, Louisiana Tech University, has some good numbers there, a 3.44 ERA, in his rookie season only a 13.79 ERA, but... Uh, was told that he had a better second half uh, than was the first half, and that was only at age 19, so it's obviously tough coming uh, at a young age. And then with the Ottawa Champions last year, put a 4.14 ERA, which is pretty solid being bounced around from the bullpen back to being a starter and then spent most of his time towards the end of the season as a starter, starting uh, 10 of his 16 games, of course, six of those in the bullpen, and ten of those as a starter pitched a good amount of relief, uh, good good amount of innings. He should be able to eat up a lot of that this year. So it's it's a nice sign to see. And then of course the biggest name coming into the Ottawa Champions camp is Brian Van Kirk. He played at the highest Double A with the Toronto Blue Jays over a span of seven years. Now that's a pretty long time his high season with 17 home runs and 66 RBIs. And he actually hit 292. And, and, you know, he's he's hit up into the 300 mark before, but he has a lot of power bringing in those RBIs. And so he's going to be excellent, probably hitting in that fifth or uh, sixth spot. Uh, of course, with uh, Sebastian Boucher hitting third and Kenny Bryant hitting fourth as they got him in a trade from Sussex earlier in the offseason. He should be a good addition to the team. And so should Van Kirk. Van Kirk has played excellent with the Blue Jays, and unfortunately he was just released at the age of 28, but that's better for the Ottawa champions because they get an experienced outfielder and someone that could come in, hit the ball hard, and play a little bit a little bit of defense in left field and, and so that Matt Helms can kind of move around. And then, of course, we're going to get to the Blue Jays and with Arden welling, we're going to talk about that and the biggest stories from the leagues. We're going to grade uh, the team's performances in that. That's in our final segment, and one thing here actually mr mike nellis and corey mess are not in studio i'm doing uh, this show solo tonight uh tons of guests so that shouldn't be too hard but mr mike nellis is on the 30-day dl as we like to call it and corey mess is now on the seven day dl he's gone but they will be back next week that's all here stay tuned coming up next we got Layden galbraith here on around the diamond on ckdj 1079 ottawa's new music
2: to wait up, wait. It's hard, hard. I
3: do wait. I'm not up, wait. I'm not. It's hard, I do wait. I'm
0: You're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079, Ottawa's new music. That's the only baseball show in Ottawa and the best source for all local ba- baseball. But the man that is making his first appearance on Around the Diamond is Mr. Layden Galbraith. How are you doing today? How's it going? I'm doing very well. We're very excited, or I am very excited to have you on the show. Now, Leiden, uh spring training is very close, actually just uh, about a week away, and I have to ask you how your off season has been in preparing for uh, the 2016 season.
3: It's been going really well. It's uh, it's been a long off season. Uh, I gave my arm a, a good break after throwing 150 innings last year with uh, between college and professional. So it was good to give my arm a break, but I was uh, I was glad to get going. Um, I put a lot of work in, a lot of work in the weight room. Uh, a lot of work with uh, the tap ball program and getting my arm ready and, you know, hopefully, you know, better than next year. Yeah, for sure. better su- than last year.
0: For sure. And, and Layden, uh, uh before we get into the numbers inside the Can-Am League, uh, let's take a look at your background here and talk about uh, what kind of pitches you throw and, and what they mainly do. Can you uh, maybe walk us through that?
3: Uh, I mean, I'm pretty standard. I have fastball, curveball, slider, changeup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this off-season, I've worked a lot on my change-up, and I feel like this year it uh, it could be a, a more of a factor, and I, I think that's going to make me more competitive. Okay. Um, also, the, my fastball is a two-seam. Um, you know, it has it has a little bit of run. My slider is uh, more my, my put-away pitch, mm-hmm. and my change-up is more to keep the lefty up, lefty modest. For but sure. Other than that, pretty pretty straightforward.
0: Yeah, awesome, Layden, And, of course, I have to ask you, we ask all of our guests this, especially pitchers, uh, who would you say your baseball idol was growing up and who was the, the one pitcher that you said that you wanted to model yourself after and kind of looked up to, of course, uh, playing baseball throughout high school, college, and, and now in the Can-Am League?
3: Well, I, I've i always been a Braves fan. and uh, <laughs> So, you know, I stick with the 90s Braves. Chipper Jones has always been my favorite player. But pitching-wise, uh I try to mold myself to be a a, a mixture between a Greg Maddox and a Craig Kimbrell. Oh
0: my God. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a big those are some uh, big names. Of course Greg Maddox was that control pitcher. They called them uh, what they called them professor, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and, and, and Craig Krimble has that excellent slider or sweeping curve, whatever you want to call it, but he has an excellent fastball, too, with good movement on it. Uh, but now let's take a look at your college career, uh, Leighton. And you spent four four long, great seasons with Lu- Louisiana Tech University. And before we talk about your university uh, career and, and what happened there and what helped you, I have to ask you, you're from Louisiana, so it must have been nice to kind of stay in the same state uh, that you were born in.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um- uh, I, you know, Louisiana Tech wasn't even wasn't even a, a thought coming out of high school. I went to a smaller school that was in the same city uh, my freshman year, and then I transferred, and it was it was the best move I'd ever made in my life.
0: For sure. And and while you were in uh, in university slash college, you moved back and forth from becoming a reliever into a starter. And last year, you did the same thing with the champions. Of course, the majority of the games that you did pitch in were uh, starting off. And of course, later maybe talk about uh, what's been the whole process moving back and forth, and how you managed to stay in the rotation last season and uh, at the end of your college career.
3: Well, I tell you what. I w- at the beginning of my college career, I was a closer, and uh, I spent I spent two seasons as a, or two and a half seasons, I guess, as a closer. And uh, we were we were shorthanded. And one of our guys got hurt on the weekend, and I knew going forward. Being a starter would maximize my chances, at, you know, at a professional career. And eventually, you know, I got my chance, and I never looked back. You know, I wanted to be a starter, and that, that's that's what I that's what I strove to be, and that's that's what I prepared to be.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, Leighton Galbraith joining us here on Around the Diamond. And also, just to follow up with that question, uh, what's the biggest difference uh, between being a reliever and a starter? Uh, whether it's uh, prepping for the game or uh, or your routine, uh, what's the biggest difference?
3: I think the fact that uh, most starters can't can't go in there throwing 100%. Um, I, I guess they can, but it, it's tough. Whereas a reliever, every pitch is at 100% no matter what, and you know it's you're blowing everything you can to to beat those hitters within one inning, two innings, you know. Whereas a pitcher uh, as starter, you have to you have to know that you're you're willing to go almost 100, 120 pitches each outing, so you have to save some.
0: Yeah. Ottawa champions, starting pitcher Leighton Galrush joining us here. And obviously with your second Can-Am League season coming up in just around 20 days, what's your whole mentality coming into camp? Of course, fighting uh, for a starting uh, pitching rotation spot.
3: Go in there and do what I do. Um, you know, I, I've done well in the offseason. I think my offseason program has got me where I needed to be. So as long as I, you know, get there, get on the mound, get a feel for, Canadian Air and get after
0: it. <laughs> yeah, and it, I mean it must be kind of different coming to a Canadian city when you've spent obviously your whole career in America, and and there's not many uh, uh, either affiliated uh, teams that are in Canada, and many baseball teams that do play. Obviously, the biggest one, the Toronto Blue Jays. So it must be kind of weird, kind of coming into Canada, knowing that uh, it's a little bit different than where you're from.
3: Absolutely, I mean, it, um, baseball baseball is big in Louisiana, just in the South, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Canada, everyone's pulling for you. You have a you have a you have an entire community pulling for you because the, the baseball isn't as big, not necessarily as big up there, but as plentiful up there. So it's good to have that community come come around and come together.
0: Yeah, for sure. And of course, you saw that last year with playing with the Ottawa champions. And I've played baseball my whole life in Ottawa and I've and I've seen it grow uh, to this point where Ottawa has lost many different teams. And, and it's definitely nice. But another thing, Leighton, that I want to ask you about is Ottawa's ballpark. Everybody knows that it's a pitcher's ballpark and that it's very hard for other teams to hit home runs. And, and it must be nice to know that you're playing in a stadium like RCGT Park that is uh, beneficial to you.
3: Absolutely, I, I I love our park. I love everything about it. Um, I'm a ground ball pitcher, so it it you know, it's tough to get one out. So whenever you have an, even a bigger park to deal with, and especially the outfielders that we have are, are incredibly fast, they can cover a lot of ground. It's 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 a good feeling.
0: Yeah, and of course uh, your pitching coach Billy Horn. Maybe talk about uh, what he's done to help you, and and what you guys are looking forward to kind of achieve going into this season.
3: I tell you what, we've kept touch. Uh, Just, you know, every other week, you know, we're keeping touch. He's making sure I'm doing my stuff, making sure, you know, I'm staying on pace because I know that he's been saying, you know, that we've got some guys coming in. You know, it's going to be some competition. So he's uh, he's made sure I've done what I needed to do to, to be the best for for the champions.
0: And and I'm not. I'm gonna ask you. Maybe in your in your verse, university slash college career, there must have been someone there that a coach that must have helped you a lot. And maybe last year, how did Hal, Hal Lanier help you uh, uh, get through that season? And and how how much of a role model was he? Uh, also going back to your college career uh, compared to Lanier right now.
3: Um, well, he's he's been through so much. He's a, he's a baseball season guy. He whenever he says something, you listen. As you know, whenever he if he says something, he. It it means something. It it's it, it has something behind it. Mm-hmm. So it's good to know that he has so much so much care and he wants uh, wants the best for us. Yeah, uh, I mean. And then as for as for a role model, uh, my high school coach is is someone I've always looked up to who's who's always been there. You know, even to this day, he's a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah and it's obviously nice to have that veteran present that leader uh that's is a coach I actually when I played high school I didn't play very high I uh, in Canada in Ottawa here I played high school and my uh, my my uh my teacher or who taught at the school was actually a former uh Rockies top prospect number he was ranked actually number 7 in all of uh, pitching our left-handed pitching prospects in 1997. So it was nice to have his voice in the room so I can understand obviously you're at a bigger level than I was, but I do understand where you're coming from. But finally you managed to get seven hits in your in your in in your college career. So this means that you might be able to swing the bat a little bit when you're uh, maybe asked to pinch hit this season.
3: <laughs> hey, absolutely. I was uh, my freshman year I was a hitter. Really? So I I would I would, I would love for that to happen.
0: So I'm going to ask you, maybe in high school, did you were you always pitcher, pitcher, or maybe did you play a little shortstop, outfield, because oh, that no, does happen. Oh,
3: no, I was, uh, I was second baseman third baseman. Oh, nice. I was a hitter in high school.
0: Okay. And so you got a little bit extra pop in your bat, you know, maybe an extra base pop or something like that, eh? A- absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that sounds good. Maybe we'll see you hit a couple bombs in, in the park, and you can kind of show your uh, show Show the boys who who knows how to hit here, especially would, in this that stadium. Would,
3: that would be nice. Make sure Hal hears
0: it. <laughs> oh, man, that's too good. And uh, with that being said, we're going to wrap things up here. Thank you so much, Layden, for joining us here on Around the Diamond. And we'll see you in, uh, in just about a week, and uh, we'll touch base then. Thank you very much. All right. Have a good one. That was Ottawa Champions starting pitcher Layden Galbraith. We look forward to seeing him this season, and uh, he's going to do a great job eating up innings and, of course, uh, being a ground ball pitcher in this ballpark. But coming up next, we're going to welcome Brian Van Kirk from the Ottawa Champions, former Toronto Blue Jays prospect, spent seven years in the Toronto Blue Jays system. That is all here on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to Ottawa's only baseball show. That's Around the Diamond on CKDJ1079. Let's get to the phone lines here and bring on former Toronto Blue Jays prospect and new Ottawa champion signee, Mr. Brian Van Kirk. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing good, Dante. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: No problem. And I guess you're located down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And uh, we spoke off mic about the weather and it's uh, a lot warmer there than it is here in Ottawa, of course.
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, the sun is definitely shining down here. It's, uh, it's good good, uh, good weather to get workouts in, and uh, it's not preparing me for that cold, but that's okay.
0: Yeah, so you're obviously going to have to adapt when you come down to spring training. You might have a hoodie on under your jersey and stuff like that, eh?
2: <laughs> no, nah, uh, there's ways. It's just really a mindset. you got to get out there and uh, get used to it, and, and then you, you adjust pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. And then now, Brian, uh, to start off, you spent a chunk of your career inside the Toronto Blue Jays system, reaching as high as double A with the New Hampshire Fisher Cats over a span of seven seasons. Of course, I want to start off with asking you about your favorite moments with the organization and what you learned uh, the most there.
2: Oh, It was great. Uh, seven years I spent there, you know, so pretty, that was my, pretty much my professional career. So I guess everything I kind of know is through uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. I had um, a great uh, college career at Oral Roberts, where I learned a lot. But uh, baseball has pretty much been taught the Blue Jay way, and uh, it, it was a real good experience.
0: Yeah, and of course, uh, you've been to spring training multiple times with the Blue Jays, and and you must have some funny stories to talk about and maybe some odd things that may have happened in your career going into spring training or maybe throughout your minor career, uh, career, because we had uh, uh, Randy Hamrick, who is from Florida, I think he's from Vero Beach, and he had some funny things to say about spending time in AAA and spring training with uh, an old player named Willie Montpena from Dominican Republic. He talked about uh, bringing him to Vegas and stuff like that. Do you have any, maybe, some funny stories that you would like to share?
2: Uh, Nah, I mean, kind of, you know, I have a a good group of guys that I grew up with through uh, the minor league career with Toronto, uh, Sean Ochinko, Ryan Goins, Mm -hmm. Brad Glenn, and uh, these guys I grew up with and the system, and we have a bunch of great experiences with us, but... Kind of stays in the locker room.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And, uh, of course, uh, we looked down the charts of all these big names. You just mentioned three guys that uh, a a big... Big Blue Jays fans have seen uh Brad Glenn made an appearance uh in the in the major leagues for a couple games. Ryan Goins has been up there. O'Chinko has been that guy who's kind of stayed in AAA uh of course. And so some and maybe some big players that you had a chance to play with, maybe play against uh that you maybe learn from while, with your time uh in, in AAA? or sorry in Double A.
2: Yeah, I mean those guys are my real good friends. I they we've been through battles together and uh they're great men as well and uh You know, Toronto fans get to see Goins on a pretty much regular-day basis, and uh, he's a great man, a great player, a great teammate. So they got a good one there. Also, I played with uh, Kevin Pilar, and those guys really, uh, you know, they're they're grinders. They're out there. They they come to work every single day, and uh, they put their work in, and that's what makes them successful.
0: Yeah, and maybe do, do you want to touch on the season that you had uh, in high A with Dunedin when you hit 17 h- your home runs. That's probably your career high, a two ninety two average. Uh, what was working for you, and how was your approach in that season?
2: Uh, it, was, uh, it was a bunch of things, but it was a gr- great group of guys. We had uh, a real good uh, hitting instructor at the time, uh, Ralph Dickerson, and uh, it was really a good... Uh, Team camaraderie. We 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 existed down there together. So you know, a lot of success comes with playing uh, loose and having fun, and a lot of fun comes with when you uh, when you're really uh, wanting to win as a team and for your for the guy next to you.
0: Okay, and, and now I, I have two questions here. I was surfing uh, the web earlier before uh, uh, I brought you on the show, and, and I saw that uh, Mr. Stubby Clapp, uh, I, w- I believe, was one of your coaches in AA. Uh, if he was, uh, did he show you anything? Of course, he's Canadian, so a lot of people do know who he is. Uh, being a hero in the in the, in, the, uh, in in the the Pan Am League games with Canada winning the championship, is there anything that he may have taught you or, or brought you through with?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I uh, actually spent a bunch of time with Stubby most of the time during our uh, spring training because uh, that's when we have all the hitting coaches and, and all, really all the managers are all mixed together with all the players. So uh, that's, that's where I spent most of my time with Stubby. He was uh, in AA briefly uh, when I was there. And, uh, yeah, he, he he's a hard-nosed man. He, he wants <laughs> you to work hard, and he thinks with working hard, you know, you come success. It uh, was a great person to be around, and uh Definitely a a great hitting instructor.
0: Yeah, for sure. And he was a, a former infielder, and a very he's a very short man. So of course he played good second base back in the day. And, and then two mm-hmm. other uh, two other guys that do kind of bounce out that I look at that you maybe had time to play with is uh, two Canadians that people might might know. Brett Laurie, maybe a rehab start. I'll, I'll ask you that in just mm-hmm. a second. And Tyson Magnuson. Now that you come to Canada and play in uh, in the capital of Canada, it must be nice to know that you do uh, know a little bit about the country playing with with those two guys
2: well <clears throat> I did play with those two guys and it was brief my time with them I spent a lot of time with uh, Adam Lowen. oh yes for sure and 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 uh, I know loves the country and uh, really him and I had a real great great time together and bonded well uh, in our time together we played through professional so uh, Lowen definitely taught me the most about your country and also uh, Brad Brad McElroy.
3: Mm-hmm. He was
2: in the organization with Toronto with me for uh, about five years. Those two guys really uh, uh, helped me um, understand all the great things that uh, the country of Canada has to offer.
0: Yeah, and of course Adam Lowen is, is trying for another stint with uh, the New York Mets. He's bounced back and forth. He was he started off as a pitcher. Actually, he won the first ever. Uh, World Baseball Classic game it was actually against the, the Americans which was uh, nice in 2006 so it must have been nice to play with a guy who was a the highest drafted Canadian in history but now that you do come to the Ottawa Champions with having so much experience in the Toronto Blue Jays system Brian uh, how are you going to bring that success and experience to the Can-Am League?
2: Well you know uh, I'm coming back from an elbow surgery that I had uh, Tommy John Wow but, uh, over a year ago, and it really helped me look back at baseball and uh, realize how fun it is and how much you actually love it. And uh, some of the things you might take for granted when in affiliated ball, going through the grind of baseball, is uh, having fun and actually trying to win as a team. So really coming in, I'm excited to, you know, uh, meet Hal Lanier, our manager, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, Billy Horn, and also – uh, Jared Lemieux, yes, and I know our hitting coach, Butcher. He, he <laughs> is also a player, which yeah. is going to be exciting. But uh, I know all these guys are there to work hard and and uh, bring a winning mentality
3: to the
0: championship. Yeah, and Boucher is from the Ottawa area, and uh, he played in the 2006 WBC. Uh, but also to the average fan, Brian, what would you say your biggest strengths are when it comes to playing on the which On the field, would you say it's maybe your discipline, your power, your fielding, your contact? Uh, what would you say your biggest strengths are as a ball player?
2: You know, I strive to really be a complete player, so uh, I hope... Uh, The main thing people can take away is that I'm out there and I'm going to hustle every single day and uh, give it 100%. Whether what I feel is my best attribute, you know, it doesn't matter as long as whatever I'm out there bringing is helping them with the team win is, uh, is what I consider the best attribute.
0: Yeah, and we spoke to Hal Lanier uh, a couple weeks ago, and he mentioned that it's going to be nice to have a big bat in the lineup. You're, you're a huge upgrade playing maybe left field or right field. You're a corner outfielder. Now that you come into a small local market, a big city, but a local baseball market, what would you say uh, your biggest advice is uh, when it comes to swinging the bat uh, to maybe a young Canadian kid listening?
2: Work hard. Uh, you know, nothing's impossible to to accomplish, you know, as long as you work hard. If you're willing to believe in yourself and put in your time and effort then anything's possible. Um, but the, there's something that, you know, you can't, you can't teach and you can, uh, um, there's discipline and hard work. You know, there's nothing, no scale for uh, hard work.
0: For sure. And Brian, uh, finally... There is a big group of Florida boys on this team. We spoke about this off mic. Uh, you got Johnny Cole. You got Randy Hamrick. You guys are all from uh, Florida. and It must be nice to see that you have uh, guys from the same state on the team. It's going to be a blast this summer, eh? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's not surprising, though, because, you know, we have this weather. It's 90 degrees here, like we said earlier. So, you know, we get that advantage of being outside and uh, producing a lot of baseball players. So, it's always fun to to be around guys from your hometown. From oh your yeah. Own
0: state. Well, you're gonna have to deal with a couple of Canadians, a couple of Florida boys. So I mean, it's nothing you haven't seen before. So it, it should be good, and we'll. Uh, that's gonna wrap things up here on around the diamond, and uh, uh, we'll see in spring training. It should uh, we should see in about uh, six seven days. That's
2: right. I Appreciate it, Dante.
0: That was Ottawa Champions outfielder Brian Van Kirk. We thank him so much for joining us here on Around the Diamond. It's going to be nice to see him in the middle of the lineup with so much power. But coming up next, Arden Zwelling from Sportsnet.ca and Sportsnet Magazine will join us here on Around the Diamond to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays. Then we will also touch base on the biggest stories coming out of the MLB week. That's all here on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079. It's now time for our Toronto Blue Jays segment. This is where we talk about all the biggest stories coming out of Toronto Blue Jays camp. And we are very happy to welcome Arden Zwelling from Sportsnet.ca, the At The Letters Blue Jays podcast, and of course, Sportsnet magazine. So without further ado, let's uh, welcome Arden Zwelling. How are you doing today?
1: Hey, I'm good, man. What's
0: going on, Dante? Not for much. So, uh, of course, uh, one of the biggest stories uh, coming out of Blue Jays camp is the loss of Chris Colabello, who was caught earlier in the week for performance-enhancing drugs. That's an automatic 80-game suspension and a big loss to the Blue Jays. So, before we get into the uh, into things, Arden, what's your whole take uh, on this whole situation?
1: Uh, you know, Chris Caldwell got caught with a uh, banned substance in his in system, so he has to serve his 80 games. I mean, that's really the only take you can have that uh, you know he did something that was against the rules. Therefore, he has to uh, suffer the consequences. So we'll see what the Blue Jays do going forward. Uh, you know how they're going to try to replace that production. Obviously, uh, you know Chris Caldwell was a big part of the team last year and, and of what got them to uh, to the playoffs. So I think they're going to be you know, looking for somebody to uh, step up and provide that production.
0: Yeah, and in the other day, Greg Zahn came on MLB Network to talk about the comments that Kevin Pillar said with the media. And, and, and what's your whole thought, press, uh, thought process on what he said it, and the whole Colabello situation? Is he just backing up his teammate, or do you really genuinely think that he didn't do it?
1: Well, I mean, he uh, he definitely had the substance in his system, so he definitely did it. I mean, what's the question is... Uh, whether Chris Colabello knowingly uh, ingested turnable, which is uh, the uh, the drug they tested positive for. And, you know, nobody can really know that other than Chris Colabello himself. So, you mm-hmm. know, everybody has to kind of reach their own conclusions on it. Sounds like Kevin Pillar has reached his. Uh, you know, I, I got nothing wrong with, you know, anything that he said. I mean, he, he expressed his belief and his opinion, and that's his right. You know, and I think a lot of people are expressing their opinions of you know, it's really up to you and you yourself to decide whether you believe Chris Colabello or not. The way I look at it is that the substance is in the system, and MLD dictates that you are suspended for 80 games when you have the substance in your system, whether you took it knowingly or not. So uh, that's what's happening with Chris Colabello, and, and that's that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and obviously, where do the Blue Jays go uh, with this whole situation when Colabello comes back? Will they put him right into the lineup or maybe send him down to AAA and kind of regroup and then come back up?
1: I mean, it's impossible to say today, you know, it'll depend a lot on what the Blue Jays' needs are at the time. This, you know, if they really do need a uh, right-handed bat in kind of the first-base uh role, then, yeah, maybe Chris Colabello fits that role. Uh, you know, if they're happy with the players they have going in, in the major leagues, then maybe Chris Colabello goes to the minors and, and, you know, the Blue Jays kind of let him, let him get a get swing going again and then see how he performs and, you know, if he's, the, the thing about all this is if Chris Colabella was going to hit really, really well when he comes back, he's gonna find his way back to the majors. you know it doesn't matter whether you whether you took a performance and enhancing substance or not after you served your time, if you come back and you're productive, you're you know a team's gonna find a use for you. so you know who knows where, where the Blue going to be at in in late July, but uh you know it sounds like they they have every, uh, every you know, every indication of you know using Chris Colabello when when he comes back from his suspension, it just depends where.
0: Absolutely, and that's Arden Zwilling joining us here on Around the Diamond from. Sportsnet.ca and Sportsnet Magazine and obviously going into the offseason Mark Shapiro made it his goal to upgrade the bullpen he did that in adding Jesse Chavez Gavin Floyd and even uh, their biggest acquisition for Ben Revere uh, Drew Storen those guys have not played up to their expectations what's going on in the whole bullpen especially with some of their biggest strength being being the seven eight and nine guys of course Osuna's played well but the uh, Cecil and Storen have really struggled
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, Roberto Osuna has been terrific. He's been the guy that, you know, we all saw last season. Uh, You know, he's been absolutely dominant. I think the the Blue Jays just having trouble getting, you know, uh, a slim lead into Roberto Osuna's hands in the ninth inning. And, you know, that falls to Brett Cecil and and Drew Storen, uh, neither of whom have looked like themselves. You know, I think coming into the season... You know, just looking at the track records of those two players, you could be fairly confident that they would be really solid, uh, you know, back end both 10 pieces. Just hasn't happened. You know, with Brett Cecil, he has traditionally started slow, and he's you know, continued that trend into this year. We'll see if he can figure it out. He really needs to lock down his curveball. It's such an important pitch to him. Uh, he needs to be able to throw for strikes, throw consistently, repeat his delivery. Uh, he hasn't been able to do that to this point. And Drew Storen. Is kind of searching for his velocity right now. You know his velocity has been down two to three mm-hmm. miles an hour, and that affects his other pitches. When your fastball isn't as hard as it once was, you know it, it makes it easier for hitters to key on your, you know your your secondary stuff. So he really needs to get his uh, his fastball back up to kind of the ninety four ninety five mile per hour range that he had it in Washington. You know I think that'll go a long way for him if he can do that. Uh, we just haven't seen it yet.
0: Yeah, I, now that you do mention that, when I did watch him come in, especially in that uh, that big one in Boston where he allowed a couple runs in the ninth inning, and I noticed that his fastball was at 92, 93, maybe 91 at times. So it definitely now that you say that, it does make a lot of sense to get his fastball up there. But also uh, a lot of people have been saying, and I've been reading that the Blue Jays, are going for the beginning. They're not hitting as a whole like they did last year. They're going for the beginning, and then they kind of slow down and are very quiet and are not as consistent as they were last year. What's the biggest problem with the offense and and not winning any ball games at this point?
1: Um, yeah, that's an interesting. One. You know, I don't know what the biggest problem is. I think that Blue Jays knew what it was that they'd probably be looking to correct that. You know, it's just it's been kind of strange. Blue Jays haven't been able to score runs at the rate that they did last season, uh, you know, like Troy Terwitzki's had a very slow start, which has been kind of very peculiar uh, for him and for his track record and his career norms. I and mean, Russell Martin has had a very peculiar start as well. I mean, when you look at his numbers here through kind of the first, uh, you know, 25 games or however many they played, I mean, they're way off, you know, what he's done and established in his career. So, you know, at, at some point, the, the Blue Jays are going to need someone other than, you know, Josh Dalton and, and Jose Bautista to provide some offense here. You know, Michael Saunders is, has, you know, shown some nice things sitting out of the leadoff spot. I mean, I think Edwin Encarnacion has been hitting the ball very, very hard, maybe getting a bit unlucky with where he hits the ball. But I do think that, you know, Troy Tulowitzki and Russ Martin, they really do uh, have to figure out what's going on with them because they're such, such important parts of uh, of this batting order. You know, especially when at the bottom of the order... Uh, Kevin Pilar and Ryan Goins really haven't been providing much at all with, no. with their bats. So, you know, when when Tweetwitz going off to Martin, right, I think the problems kind of compound.
0: Yeah, for sure. And of course, uh you the one thing that people do look at is some of the guys that have been coming in, in, in and out of the lineup. That's Matt Dominguez, Darwin Barney, Ezekiel Kerr, guys that weren't aren't really supposed to be in the starting lineup. Of course, injuries injuries do come into play. Uh, What does management need to do at this point to maybe make a change or or do something to spark this team?
1: You know, I I think you just have to keep going with the guys you have. I mean, when you look at this Blue Jays' batting order, it's not like they're unestablished guys. It's not like, you know, they're young guys who maybe would... Benefit from more seasoning in the minor leagues, and we're talking about you know Jose Bautista, Troy Tulowitzki, you know Michael Saunders, Russell Martin, Josh and Edwin and I mean Justin Smokey. these are established major league regulars, so you can't you know it's not there's nothing you could really do other than keep going to them. This is your team. I mean these are the guys that yeah. So uh, you know I don't think anyone expects the Blue Jays' offense to continue being. Excellent as, as it has, although they're one in Tampa Bay to face some very, very difficult pitchers. You know, Chris Archer, Jake Olorizzi, Drew Smiley, who absolutely owns the Blue Jays. So it'll be interesting, you know, to, to see how the Blue Jays can kind of rise to rise that occasion and get something, you know, more done than they did against Chris Dale and Jose Quintana of the White Sox, who absolutely shut down the Blue Jays at the end of that White Sox series.
0: For sure. And also, another thing here that we haven't seen in the last five years is how the strongest. Point in the Blue Jays is their starting pitching, and one of those guys that has been excellent is Jay Happ. I read an article the other day about how the only reason, or the reason why he's uh, being so successful, successful is keeping the ball down and staying ahead in the count. Uh, how has Happ improved that in his second stint with the Blue Jays than he did a couple years ago?
1: Well, I think a really big thing for him that a lot of people don't realize is his tempo on the mound. He's just working quicker, and you know that certainly seems to be helping him. He, he kind of says that. It doesn't let him think too much. And, you know, sometimes that could be a good thing for a professional athlete. Just keep executing. You know, trust your stuff. Trust what you, you can throw. And, yeah, I mean, Jay Hap's seen great results. He's been, you know, I've been encouraged by the way he's been able to get out of some jams. You know, he's had runners on. And, you know, he's been in some sticky situations. I mean, he's been able to work him, him, his way out of those really, really quickly. And he hasn't walked a lot of guys, which is a really big thing him, you know, he's attacking and being aggressive and, and using his fastball to great success. Pitching the contact, getting a lot of fly balls. Uh, you know, it's been really encouraging these first four starts for J. Happ. Honestly, you know, I think a lot of people question whether he could keep performing the way he did in Pittsburgh last year, where he was so so good over those last eleven starts in Pittsburgh. He's really done a good job of carrying it over into 2016.
0: Absolutely, and then that's going to wrap things up for our Blue Jays segment. Stay tuned, folks, because Arden Zwelling will stay on the phone for our MLB talk that's coming up next on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Major League Baseball has suspended D Gordon for 80 games. D Gordon is a very important part of our team. And we all love him and support him. That said, I do not like or condone what he did. He is an important member of this organization and will be for many years to come. It is a huge, huge disappointment to the kids, to our fans, to his teammates, and to everyone in our organization who works hard every single day to put a product on the field and off the field that all of Miamians can be proud of.
3: I you know, was support D. These guys love D, and, and you know I feel like he's one of my kids. To be honest with you, I've known him so long, and uh, gonna love him. And, and then we're gonna we're gonna move forward. Definitely shocked and, and surprised. And, you know, but from there, it's, it's happening so fast. It's one of those situations that you know you you love your kids, and that's that's D for me. That's one of, one of mine. And uh, you know, getting gonna, gonna love on him and and him through this process and help him in any way we can. Um, but then as a ball club, it's a different scene. You know, the story is we have to move forward, and, and that's what happens in uh,
1: professional sports. Stuff happens.
0: Those comments were from Don Mattingly of the Miami Marlins, and of course, uh, yesterday, D Gordon was suspended 80 games for performance-enhancing drugs, and this is where we're going to uh, keep Arden Zwelling on the phone and bring him on to talk about the, the biggest stories uh, out of the out of the MLB here. And of course, we're going to start off with the D Gordon suspension. It's a tough loss for the Marlins, especially uh, with the season that he had last year.
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, anytime that you take out uh, a guy who led the league in hitting uh, out of your lineup, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna feel that that impact. You know, it's not you can't really re- you can never replace the guy who led the league in hitting. Nobody else who did that, so it's it's definitely gonna be difficult for the Miami Mar- Marlins.
0: Yeah, it is, and it's also it's tough. Where did the Marlins go uh, with losing their leadoff hitter? And and of course, uh, how are they gonna replace him? I know they can't really replace him. And, and they in those comments, Don Mattingly said that he sees that D Gordon is his is like his son, but he's also very de- disappointed in what happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure they'll we'll find some other options there, you know, maybe Marcelo Zuna steps up there, Martin Prado or you know, I don't know, you know, we'll, we'll see, maybe Ichiro Suzuki even takes over as the leadoff hitter. We'll, we'll see which direction they want to go there. Uh, you know, it's it's definitely a loss for for Miami, you know, and and you wonder, you know, you wonder what kind of team Miami thought they're going to be this year if they were you know if they were really thinking about being contenders or or if they were just you know still kind of puttering along and waiting for some of their young players to develop you know i, I don't really know you know how all in they were pushing for 2015 which uh you know you know it's kind of the marlin's way they you know they they're not really a team that totally totally goes for it until they're ready to so you know at 10 and 11 or, or whatever they're at right now i mean it's it'll be interesting to see where this thing goes
0: yeah, for sure, and we saw that last year. We everybody thought that they were ready to go with that big season. They ended up firing their manager. Their GM stepped in. He's now gone. They have a whole new look. Of course, Don Mattingly is their manager, so it, it's it's a tough loss for them. But there was some comments by Justin Verlander and other uh, professional baseballers or baseball players saying that uh, the performance enhancing drug law needs to be uh, stronger and more put in place. What's your whole thought process on uh, on the way that MLB is handling uh, all this? Um,
1: You know the, the way MLB is handling it is letting the the the, collect, the system right now that's been collectively bargained, you know, do its work, and you can't really revisit that until the next round of you know collective bargaining, which is actually coming up rather soon. So maybe that's why you are seeing some comments like this from players who I don't you know want stiffer penalties or. That's really, you know, it's all you can really change, right? Because of the testing is the testing is done by WADA in Montreal, and you know the MLB really has nothing to do with it. It's it's independent testing as it should be. So you know what the players could change is the appeal system, or they could change, you know, the stiffness of the penalties, or what have you. And you know if that's something the players want, they can tell their union that they want that, and their union can can you know bargain for. Uh, you know, for that to be implemented in in the discussions with the MLB. Now, of course, you know, when you're bargaining, you know, generally you have to, uh, you know, you you have to give something to get something. So it would be an interesting, you know, stance for the players to take because generally the players don't really want more testing. They don't want more of their, you know, privacy being invaded. They don't want to get to a point where they're having to give regular blood tests or, you know, they have, you know, testers have to tell testers too much about their lives. I mean, you know, players have a right, to a private life, you know, regardless of whether other players are tested positive for stuff or not. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what they bring to the table uh, when it comes to collectively bargain this stuff.
0: Yeah, and of course, and now we're going to move on uh, to, to the biggest stories coming out of Chicago. The White Sox and the Chicago Cubs are leading both leagues, the American League and the National League. Uh, let's start off with the White Sox because you had a chance uh, to watch them play live at the Rogers Center, of course, covering the Jays' um what have you seen for them that's different than last year, and how are they playing so well compared uh, to the past?
1: Well, they're just pitching really, really well. You know, I mean, Chris Sale is, is Chris Dale. He's one of the best pitchers on the planet, and uh, yeah, I, you know, he's got a really good shot at winning a Cy Young award this year. Jose kinda is, you know, a really good left-hander who probably you know, kind of lives in Chris Sale's shadow and doesn't get the uh, the credit that he deserves. But you know, you can you can shut down a major league lineup pretty easily. We saw him do that against you know Toronto, which is one of the best teams in the majors when it comes to hitting left handed pitching. And then Matt Latos, you know, who you know, has looked great in, in his four starts so far. I don't know how many people expected that, but you know, he's he's seen some really tremendous results. So, you know, that one, two, three is has been really good for uh, for the White Sox. And then late in games, I mean they've been handing things over to you know, Matt Al- Albers has been great. Nate Jones has been a very good reliever. Uh you know, David Robertson as the closer. I mean they you know they they Zach Duke, you know, they've had some really good Uh, some really good, you know, relief pitch. They've really kind of locked up their their bullpen. So, you know, when when you pitch really, really well, you're going to win a lot of games. And that's what uh, the Chicago White Sox have done.
0: Yeah, and that's Arden Zwelling joining us here on Around the Diamond from Sportsnet.ca and Sportsnet Magazine. And now let's shift over to the other side of Chicago. Now, everybody knew that the Chicago Cubs would run away with this division or, I guess, uh, compete for a wild-card spot and but they're playing pretty well with the loss of Kyle Schwarber. What are they doing right at this point?
1: Well, I mean that just shows how deep the the Chicago Cubs are. When you can lose a guy like Kyle Schwarber, who would be a really really good player on most teams, and really not miss a beat, you know. I mean this team is constructed so so well with you know uh, really exciting and and talented young players. And you talk about Christopher Bryant and Addison Russell, Anthony Rizzo, and then you mix in some like really dependable. Uh, Veterans, you know Ben Zobrist, you know Dexter Fowler in a way, you know Jason Hayward uh, is a guy who's in his prime. It cost them a lot of money, but it's a great bat to have, uh, you know, in that lineup. And you know, and then you got a guy like David Ross, who is you know kind of the you know veterans veteran right. Like he's kind of constant special guy, one of those kind of clubhouse glue type of guys. Yeah. So it's just it's just you know manufactured so well this uh, this lineup, and you know it really does show how deep it is that they can lose Schwarber and keep going.
0: Yeah, for sure, and obviously let's stick with the Cubs. Jake Arrieta got a no hitter later last week, and, and and he's been one of the biggest stories. He was traded by the Baltimore Orioles to the Cubs, and I know some people are kind of been giving him giving him crap for maybe doing performance enhancing drugs, but he's been really a dominant pitcher uh, at the second half of last season and at the start of this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jakey is, you know, we've doing yeah. <laughs> this for a while now. He's he's a tremendous. Tremendous pitcher. You know, I, I like watching him pitch because he attacks and he really goes after hitters. And, you know, he's not going to walk a ton of guys. I mean, he just kind of pounds the zone. And those are the kind of guys I like to watch that make hitters uncomfortable. And, yeah, you know, when, when you see Jake Arrieta's numbers, Jake Arrieta's numbers right now, I mean, it's certainly not surprising considering what he's, you know, what he's been doing at this stage in his career. You add that to, you know, John Lester and, you know, Jason Hamill's pitching really well for them like Cal Hendricks is been a pleasant surprise, and you know John Lackey's been John Lackey. So it's a nice little starting staff they've got with the Cubs there. And this is a team that's built to win now, built to win this year, and we're seeing that happen.
0: Yeah, for sure. And also, here's a- another thing that kind of makes me a little bit upset. Some possible free agents going into this offseason, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, they could get a chunk load of cash. Uh, what's your whole take on that? Do you think they stay uh, with the respectable clubs in the Orioles and the Nationals?
1: Uh, we'll see. You know, I, I, it's gonna be, you know for any player, you're probably gonna maximize your, your value and you know the amount of money that you command by going to the open art to the open market. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure Manny Machado is gonna be free agent after this year. I feel like he's got a few more years. Uh, Bryce Harper, I think has a few more years as well. But like when those guys do hit the open market, I mean they're going to uh, they're gonna attract a, a ton of money, uh, as they should because they you know the, the best players in the game. Yeah, both those guys be free agents in 2019, so it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, the, the bidding for players like that. You know, Scott Boris, clients generally tend to do pretty well out there. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> that's who Bryce is represented by, and Amy shadow has got Dan Lozano, who, uh, you know, represents Albert Pujols and Josh Donaldson and some of the other better players in the game. So, I'm sure it'll be an interesting uh, free agent sweepstakes to watch in uh, 2019.
0: Yeah, so they're gonna get paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. uh, Uh, finally here, obviously you had a chance to watch Jose Reyes, uh, a funny story coming out of the Rockies. They are actually paying Jose Reyes over $4 million to this point to not play for them. And so by the end of the season, they will actually play Mr. Reyes over, or actually about $22 million to not play for the team at this point in his career. Have we seen the last of Jose Reyes, Arden?
1: Uh, I couldn't tell you. You know, I have no idea. I don't know that situation too well, so you know, it's a hard thing to comment on with the uh, you know the domestic violence uh, accusation and, and all that. So, you know, I, yeah, it, it's it's a tough one. Uh, you know, at 32, I doubt that we've seen last of Jose Reyes because he is still a useful player. He's still a good hitter. Uh, You know, defensively, he's kind of set to decline, but, you know, he's not the oldest. You know, we've seen guys play until their late 30s. You know, guys in the MLB playing in their early 40s right now. Uh, And Reyes has always been in tremendous shape, so he's been a great athlete. So I wouldn't be surprised to to see him uh, playing in the MLB again uh, just after, you know, he clears the the kind of situations that he's facing right now.
0: Yeah. And uh, that's going to wrap things up here. Thank you so much for coming on, Arden. And uh, we appreciate you talking some baseball. It was a real pleasure.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me.
0: That was Arden Zwelling from Sportsnet.ca, Sportsnet Magazine, and the At The Letters podcast. We appreciate him for coming on Around the Diamond once again. And, of course, that's going to wrap things up for uh, the April 20th edition of Around the Diamond. Remember, Ottawa Champions season starts in just 20 days. That's the season opener on or sorry, May 19th, you can get tickets at the RCGT box office or on the website online at OttawaChampions.com so it should be nice to watch them play and, and don't miss a beat, it's going to be a great season, I can see them going to the playoffs this year, that wraps things up for Around the Diamond, tune in next week, Saturdays and Sundays you're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079, Ottawa's new music